0: Amen, amen. So guys, I'm in uh, 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read from my Bible, uh, verse 25 through 27, then I'm going to put verse 28 up on the screen after I read, and we're going to dig into verse 28 pretty deep. And so uh, here is what the Word of God says. It says, previously, uh, an Israelite man, so I'll, I'll set this up, David has shown up at the battle lines, and, uh, and, and he shows up, they're out in battle formation, and, and Goliath comes out, and he's now taunting Israel, and, uh, and, and, and all the people retreat from him, and they're terrified. Now, now verse 25 says, previously an Israelite man had declared, do you see this man who keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and will give him his daughter. The king will also make the family of that man's father exempt from paying taxes in Israel. It says, David spoke to the men who were standing with him. Now, what will be done for the man who kills that Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The troops told him about the offer concluding, that is what will be done for the man who kills him. And then it says this, uh, verse 28, we'll put it up on your screen. Uh, it says, David's oldest brother, Eliab, listened as he spoke to the men, and he became angry with him. Why did you come down here, he asked. Who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know your arrogance and your evil heart. You came down to see The battle. And uh, based on that verse, you might have guessed the giant we're going to talk about this morning is the giant of anger, right? The giant of anger. And uh, there's three things that I want to share with you this morning. And here is the first. I want you to know that anger is actually a secondary emotion that arises from a much deeper source. Okay? Anger is a secondary emotion that arises from a much deeper source. A good friend of mine uh, says it this way. He says, anger's just a check engine light, right? And, and, and anger, if, if, if you've, you're showing a lot of anger, it, it's just showing you there's something else going on under the hood that you need to be concerned about. And so let's dig in, and I want to start with a question. And here's my question. Is what David's doing here really that egregious? Right, that's the question now, now, now picture this, right uh, it, 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 The text said previously a man had said this. now now here's what we don't know there's, there's two scenarios here: either this dude said this before David ever showed up, or he said it, and David shows up on the tail end of the conversation. so let's just say, because that would be the, the most egregious, like the guy just said it, and then David repeats it like let, let's just say if that was the most like like literally. Have you ever shown up on the tail end of a conversation? You didn't get it all, but you know kind of the... the and, and you're going, hey, wait, 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 what, what's that about? So, so let's just imagine that's the scenario. Uh, David shows up on the tail end of a conversation. All he hears is there's some kind of reward. And he's just going, oh, hey, clarity. So, so wait a second, what will be done for the guy that, 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 that ends this Philistine's life? What, what, what exactly will the king do, right? And, and I want you to think about this. Eliab knows his brother, right? Eliab knows... What, what, what does Eliab know about... David, at this point, well, he already knows that, that he's been anointed be, to be the next king of Israel. He already knows that, right? He, he knows that his little brother is fearless. Uh, he knows that his brother, with his bare hands, has killed both lions and bears. Like, with his bare hands. He's like, yeah, he's kind of a fearless dude. And he also knows that, that his little brother is faithful. He knows that his little brother loves the Lord with all of his heart. I mean, at this point in life, David's already writing songs about God and singing about God and playing the harp, right? Like, like Eliab knows his brothers, so my question is, why is Eliab so angry with David? Why is he so angry? Now, by the way, when we um, use the phrase angry this morning, uh, I, I'm not talking about natural anger. <laughs> I'm not talking about... Uh, Uh, So anger in itself, uh, just so you know, is a natural emotion given to us from God uh, that can be very healthy. Right? It helps in the whole fight or flight thing. Right? <laughs> like it's a good response. So it can be a good response, but uh, there is a non-biblical expression of anger. And so, and when, we, when we're talking about anger this morning, we're, we're talking about that non-biblical, uh, the non-godly kind of uh, just outburst of anger that we typically, as fallen individuals, deal with. Right? Uh, but there is a healthy way to be angry. Right? In fact, Ephesians 4.26, Paul writes, uh, Be angry and, and do not sin. Right? Be angry and, and do not sin. He says, don't, don't let the sun go down on your anger and, and don't give the devil an opportunity. So, so there's a godly way to be angry. And you say, what does that look like? Well, I think it looks something like this. Uh, a godly way to be angry would be uh, being angry at the right time. There's a lot to fill in here. I'll go slow. <laughs> being angry at the right time. Being angry for the right reason. Right? Being angry to the right degree. This far and no more, right? And, and and being angry in the right way. Right? It's being it's a godly way to be angry at the right time, for the right reason, to the right degree, and in the right way. Like the great philosopher Aristotle said, that's tough. That's what he said about about this uh, he said that's that's not easy. And I think the reason that we struggle to be angry at the right time, for the right reason, to the right degree, and in the right way, is, is because uh, being angry in a biblical fashion takes a lot of work, right? It takes hard work, and, and we don't necessarily love the hard work it takes. I, I think as Christians, if I was using a metaphor, um, we don't mind raking, okay? Okay? Raking is surface-level work. It's not too hard, right? I mean, we can rake. Because we, we, and, and, raking does two things, by the way. Two primary functions of raking, either to pile stuff up so you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> um I and mean, we like to do that. Um, or uh, if you think about what you do with a rake in, in, in soil, right, it's to kind of cover things up. We like to do that too. Uh, but digging is much harder. Right, D- digging is is y- you got to go down deep and, and kind of you remember when we talked about the giant of, of fear? I said there are three you know deep tap roots. I'm not going to use that same tap root now, but there are three deep sources of anger. See, most of what we identify is kind of surface level stuff. We're like, well, you know what? Those self checkouts just make me so angry. I hate that. I hate that. By the way. If you're one of those people, they now have it at Costco, which I think is the dumbest place ever, okay? I don't mind Walmart, but Costco, everything is massive, right? I mean, my cart, I don't know how you go to Costco. I'm like, I can't even fit that onto a scanner by myself, right? But anyway, it's fine, it's fine. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's traffic, maybe it's somebody that cuts you off, maybe it, it's, I mean, you name it, we have this whole list of things that make us angry, I hate waiting in lines, I don't like, I don't like the traffic lights going through Mainer, well, guess what, they're coming to Elgin, uh, and uh, like, whatever it is, right, whatever it is, so we, we, we identify the surface, but the truth is, the stuff that makes you angry on the surface, there's always a much deeper cause. There's a much deeper root. And so Dallas Willard in his book Divine Conspiracy, he actually, he gives us three deep uh, sources of anger. And here's the first. Uh, He calls it wounded ego. Right? First source of of my anger, deep source of my anger is a wounded ego. Right? Uh, I have been, my ego has been hurt or damaged or scarred at some point in my life and I have carried it along with me. Right? It is, it is always there. I, I've allowed that hurt to become uh, foundational in my life, kind of formative in, in my life. And, and now it's like this constant friction. It's always with me, right under the surface. And it's just waiting for something to just, just make it hot enough that it just bursts into flames. Right? It's just this wounded ego that I possess. And so maybe that's uh, something that your parents said to you when you were growing up. Right? Well, my dad always said, blah, blah, blah. And man and, and that has stuck with you that 's become this identifier for your for your life maybe uh, it 's that you were uh, you felt like you were abandoned so you you always have this sense of abandonment, always this fear uh, and, and, and it makes you mad right that, that other people don 't see you or that they don 't care about you or they' don't, they don't identify with you maybe uh, maybe you 're made fun of right for for one reason or another and, and whatever it was that they said I mean that that is stuck with you and so if anybody even like like intimates that that could, that like, oh, it's just boom, and there's a flame. That anger, there's an outburst. And so, so uh, the first source of, of that deep anger, wounded ego. The second source is a, is a thwarted will, right? A thwarted will. Uh, that, that basically, you, you're not getting your way. Right? I'm not getting my way. And, of course, there's a huge level of pride in that, uh, that I, I deserve to get my way, or, or, or I, I know what's, what's best kind of thing. Um, but, but listen to me, here's the crazy thing. This could be masked as a desire for justice, because we're sinful people. <laughs> right? We're like, I, I, no, 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 I just want what's right. Well, for me, I, I want what's right, right? I just want, I want justice, even though uh, the Bible says that the whole world has gone wrong. And, and this is often the occasion for our outbursts, right? Think about this. Something or someone, including God, obstructs what I want to happen. It makes me angry. If you're keeping up with your Bible reading plans with us, which are down here, by the way, this week we read 1 Samuel 15 through 20. And we see that in the life of Saul, don't we? Right? Saul is so angry at David, he tries to kill him on three occasions in our our five chapters we read this week. And why? Why? Because God has obstructed what Saul wants done. Right? And he sees David now as an enemy. Right? Right? And we we do the same thing, that that thwarted will. Someone has gotten in the way of what I want. Someone has gotten in the way of what I have put my hope in. And that really is the key. That's where all the the passion comes from, is we have misplaced our hope. And man, when someone gets in the way of what you hope for, it can get ugly quick, Right? So there's three sources of our anger, deep sources of our anger, a wounded ego, a thwarted will. And the last one, uh, unmet expectations, unmet expectations. Uh, One of the first sessions that I do when I do marriage counseling is we talk about what do you expect out of marriage? And it's so fun, y'all. Uh, and, and we talk about family history. And you have to, right? Because most of us like, we got married, we didn't have that. And you get married and you're like, well, my, my mom did all the laundry and did all the cooking and did all the cleaning. And my dad, you know, just got to come home and put his feet up and have a beer and watch TV. And like, you're like, "Nip, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I, we got married and I, I, I just assumed that every single night she was going to be in the mood. I'm like, what, it, what world do you live in, man? Like, we, we, we got to talk. We have unmet expectations and, and we get frustrated. Frustration's another word for being angry, right? So, unmet expectations. Yeah, we, we, we think uh, that somebody is, is not acting the way that I expected them to. They're, they're not acting the way that maybe even they promised to, or, or the way that they said, or they're not acting in the position that, that I have expectations of the position they're in. And they're not acting the way that I expect someone in that position would. Either a pastor, or a husband, or a wife, or, I mean, you name it. Some official, oh, well, that's not how a president should behave, or that's not how, I mean, and and so we we get anger, right? And it creates this frustration that, that, hear me, and here's the scary one. I I think here with this one, it's not just, because it's a a, a deep-seated frustration, it can actually lead to a whole disposition, where we're, we're, we're literally, we are so, uh, we, we, we change and we just expect people to fail us. Right? And so we're, we're so tainted when we look at the world. If, if you get on social media, y'all, this is it. Right? This is it on social media right now. And, and so I'm just telling you, these, these three deep places uh, where... where anger actually comes from we think it's the surface level it's really the deep down stuff and so so let's, let's just go back to our text so let's look at and by the way here's the scary part occasionally in life there will be something that touches on all three of those nerves I call it the perfect storm of anger all right? You're going to get an anger tsunami here. And, and so look at Eli. Why is Elab so mad at David? Go back to our question where we started. Why is Elab so mad? Do we see any of this in his life? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, wounded ego. Yep. Right? I mean, I mean, the prophet shows up, sees Eliab, like that's got to be the king, and God's like, nope, not him. He got passed over to be the king of Israel. Yeah, he's wounded. His little brother gets picked, right? What, what, what about what about the uh, thwarted will? Well, do you do you think he really wants to serve his brother someday? I mean, you, 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 you think that, like, he's like, yeah, I'm just so down with this little kid being the one that's always going to be the hero, that's going to be the rescuer, right? Right, so he's got this, this is not what I had envisioned for my life. My baby brother ruling over me, right? What about unmet expectations? Check, right? Why would God choose David and not me? Why wouldn't my dad stand up for me? right even even unmet expectations of his own life of himself he's been standing there for 40 days and he doesn't have the courage to run into battle he's probably even frustrated with himself right perfect storm for this outburst of anger for being uh, so mean to his brother so that's that's the first thing guys i want you to know i want you to know that anger is a secondary emotion it rises from a much deeper source second thing i want you to know this morning is that anger is deceptive and it makes us feel empowered while it's secretly enslaving us, all right? Anger is deceptive. It makes us feel empowered, but it's actually secretly enslaving us. And, and, and so uh, this is, for, in, in my book, this is, this is one of the worst things about anger is, is that it makes us feel like we're in control when the truth is it, it's learning how to actually control us. And, uh, and I'll, I'll just walk you through that for a second, right? So, so, so walk, walk through this with me. So we've been hurt, right? Somebody's hurt us uh, deeply, badly. Um, and, and so we're angry, we're mad. And so uh, we, what do we do? What do we do? We get back, right? We say, you know what? That person is not deserving of me. They're not deserving of being a part of my life. I'm not going to forgive them. Not only am I not going to forgive them, I'm cutting them out. I'm cutting them off. I'm going to unfriend them. I'm going to unfollow them. I'm going to excommunicate them from my life. And so, so we kick them out of our life, and man, it feels good. Right? Come on. How many of you have unfriended somebody on social media somewhere? Somewhere. Come on. We're in church. God's watching. Just be honest. Right? Yeah? And, and for... Man, you're like, oh, gosh, that feels good. It feels good for a moment. And it feels like you're in control again. Man, that person is never going to hurt me again. The problem is kicking them out of your life doesn't actually solve the problem of your hurt. Right? And so you kick them out of your life, you get this false sense that you're in control, but the hurt and the pain you keep carrying with you, and it sticks with you, and and it begins to just feed on itself and to faster, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and suddenly that person's out of your life, and you thought, oh, I'm in control of my life again. But the hurt and the pain never addressed becomes an anger so deep-seated that it actually begins to change who you are as a person. It's in control of you. There's, there's this uh, book I read with my kids. I've shared this with you before. It's totally out of print. I think it was called Kingdom Tales. Uh, it was this great allegory uh, of, of just life and, and, and God and creation. And, uh, and, and one of the rules in, in this book was that you couldn't play with dragon eggs. Right? Right? You weren't supposed to be in the forest, and if you were ever in the forest, you should, never, uh, you should stay away from, from a dragon egg, you know, this kind of thing. So, of course, one little girl, she finds the egg, and it's so cute, and she just keeps the egg, and, and the egg hatches, and it's this baby dragon. It's the, it's the cutest little dragon. She's just, oh, my gosh, my friend, and the dra- dragon is just so cute, and so she fed it, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then one day it burned down her house and almost killed her. Not really like a kid's story, right? It's an analogy of sin. It's an analogy of sin. Right? We we toy with it, we feed it, we, we 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 think like with anger, we think we're in control, but the truth is, man, it just grows to the point that it is absolutely the dominant force in our lives. It controls us. That's what Jesus said in John eight thirty-four. He says, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin actually is a slave to sin. Right? Sin, sin, sin won't allow you to control it. That's not how it works. Sin controls you. That's always how it works. That's what anger does as well, right? Okay. So, ungodly anger, it deceives us. It makes us think that we're in control. Uh, all right, we cut those people out, but the truth is then it makes us a slave to that hurt and that anger. All right, third thing I want you to understand. Uh, might be the biggest one. <laughs> the anger robs God of his role as avenger. Okay? Anger robs God of his role as Avenger. Um, we thought about playing some Avenger music right there, right? Just, just thought it'd be, it'd be good. Yes, yeah, see, I somebody Frank Franklin, are you whistling? Yes, yeah, whistle it up there. That's good, man. All right. Uh, and I it might be the most important because the truth is, I don't know about you, but I I I don't want to steal from God. Right? I mean, like of all the places People you could steal from, don't want to steal from God. Romans twelve nineteen says, Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay. See, and when we choose not to be angry in a godly way, right? The right time, right measure, right, you know, all that when we choose not to be angry in a godly way, and, and we take these these ungodly outbursts. Well, we're actually robbing God of his role as avenger. Now, I had this big, long uh, talk with staff this week. So what does that mean for us, though? So, so does, that, does that mean that I don't pursue justice? Right? I mean, God's role is to avenge. Do I just not pursue justice at all? And I said, no, this is where the tension in Scripture comes, comes in. I, I said, absolutely not. You still pursue justice. It, it means that you don't pursue vengeance. Right? There's a huge difference between justice and vengeance. Vengeance is, it's mine. It's in my hands. I'm getting you back, sucker. You will never hurt me again. I am going to take it out on you. You're going to pay. That's vengeance. Justice is saying, you know what? Romans 13, by the way, Romans 12:9. next chapter. God is in control of all things and has set up all authorities. And he's put those authorities in place for a reason. So justice looks like me using the authorities that God has put in place, right, and trusting God with the outcomes of those things. That's justice. Huge difference between justice and vengeance, right? When I take vengeance, when I choose to be the one angry at others, I rob God of his role. I rob God of his role. So uh, that is a lot to digest. Amen? Y'all are like, yep. Who enjoyed that? Amen? Any Nope. Yeah, you guys are like, I needed to hear it, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, so uh, here, here's, here's, here's what I thought would be helpful. So uh, because it's a lot to digest, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, I hated English in high school. Cliff Notes saved my life. So here we go. Cliff Notes version. What should you do this week because of what you've just heard? All right? So here we are. Number one, you've got to find the source. You've got to find the source of your anger. You've got to find it. Uh, and and it, it's a two-step process. Number one, make a list. You need to write down everything that makes you mad. Seriously. I know it sounds dumb. It's going to be the most helpful exercise you've done in a long time. If, if, if you have bouts of this ungodly anger, you just need to write down everything that, that gets your teapot boiling. I, I don't know. Just write down everything that, that makes you mad. Seriously, what what gets under your skin? Just write it, and it'll be a long list, okay? So it shouldn't be like four things, because you know yourself. Way more than four things get you angry. So make the list, okay? So make the long list, and then you're going to start to see some commonalities in the list, okay? And then, once you make the list, I want you to dig. I want you to dig, and I want you to ask the Lord. We talked about three sources. God, what's the source, though, of why these make me angry? So I want to give you an example. I... Uh, and I like to say I'm a passionate person, okay? A buddy uh, is, uh, is, is, has a grandson who uh, plays sports with uh, my son, and so he's seen me at uh, at games. Pretty decent at a football game. Occasionally I might yell at a referee. Occasionally. But, dude, basketball gets my goat. I don't know what it is. I just... Dude, basket, i turn into like some other person. I'm like, oh, you're... and I always uh, like, I'm like, and I always say, well, it's because I like justice, right? And there's rules of basketball, and you have guys that you're paying to be referees. Just call the rules, man. It's not that hard. Like, I just I, oh. and so buddy's laughing because he's heard me, right? And so I thought, like, and I don't like it about myself. I don't like it. Like, I've, I've had games. I've just prayed the whole time, and, and just, I, I couldn't even cheer for my kid because I was just trying not to be, you know, have outbursts of anger. And so, so I, I started to dig this. I was like, what? So, Lord, that, that is in my life. So I wonder, could there be a deeper root cause? Right? And so I started with, number one, wounded ego. So here's, here's the truth, a little backstory for me. I grew up, my mom wouldn't let me play football. Uh, mom, I love you wouldn't let me play football. I'm not mad, I'm, I'm over it, 45 finally. Uh, so, which is probably fine, I was, I, I was a small kid growing up. So um, she wouldn't, but, but she let me play soccer and basketball and I played those in leagues kind of my whole life. And I hit middle school and I was like, man, I, I've, I've been playing soccer and basketball my whole life. I was always pretty good. Um, and so I went to go try out for the middle school basketball team. And I was decent at basketball y'all, but I was short. I mean like, like people towered over me short uh... my eighth grade year i was still under full rate uh, my, my whole life I prayed, like, God, I just, my mom's like five one and a half, maybe 5'2 on a good day, and I was just, I would go to bed at night, uh, even though I didn't know the Lord yet, and like, please, Lord, let me be as taller than my mom one day. Like, seriously, like, it was a real thing in my life. It was, it, it was, a, it was a big deal. So I go out for the team. Uh, I, I don't have any problems with, with shots, layups, passes. Like, I always play point guard, and, and I never had any problem in league ball. Uh, always had good stats, all that kind of stuff. Go out for the team, and the coach just says, I'm sorry, dude, you're too short. Too short. And, and I, I, I kept playing league, but I, and now the summer between eighth and ninth grade year, I grew like six inches, which was awesome because people were like, who are you? And I was like, it's nice to meet you. I was that short kid. Uh, and uh, it was great. But, but, I, but here's the deal. I never had the courage to go out for basketball again, right? And so like I started thinking this week, like, oh, I wonder if part of the reason I get so angry at basketball is because I have a wounded ego from the coach that told me I was too short. And I walked around with that for a long time. And I still, like, to this day, like, you know, now all of my boys are taller than me, and I'm trying to own it a little more. And so, like, when I cook, I'm like, hey, dude, reach that. I'm not even going for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, even, just get over here and do that. So, but, but anyway, so, like, that's an example. Now, I want to be honest with you. That wasn't a fun experience for me this week. It wasn't fun to go, you know what? This could actually come from, like, a traumatic experience in my life. But it helps me identify it. And I go, okay, you know what? I can probably do better than that, Right? I can probably do better than that. So, uh, find the source. All right, two. Remember your own failures and need for forgiveness. Remember your own failures and need for forgiveness, right? Uh, Listen, the worst thing that someone else could do to you, you have already done to God. Can I say that again? The worst thing that someone else could ever do to you, you have already done to God. Like, that's the truth. And man, we could go down really dark paths with that. But, but man, I, I went through all those dark paths. Like, what is the worst thing somebody could do to me? I thought about my kids. And I thought, wait a second, what about God's son? Right, I, I did that. Right? I did that. And, and so I just, just listen, we, we all need forgiveness. And, and that person, that thing, that system, whatever it is, it's just like, broken people, man. Broken people. I'm a broken person. God has forgiven me. Uh, I need to forgive others, right? Uh, third thing, we need to trust God to keep his word, okay? Uh, God doesn't need you to avenge him. Doesn't, right? He doesn't. He's God. He's got it, right? Doesn't mean, like, I mean, listen, that doesn't mean we don't, we don't stand up for the hurting and the immigrant and the, like, we, we do those things, but God is God, right? He, he's, he's got it. And, and, and he doesn't need us to uh, call out all the rules, right? He says, I will avenge, I will repay. And then the fourth thing is believe that what God has done for you is greater than anything uh, anyone could do against you. And it's kind of turn on that second point. Believe that what God has done for you is greater than anything anyone could do against you. And this is just the spiritual reset buttons, what I'm calling it, right? Okay, are people going to hurt me? yes. They're going to hurt me. That's part of life. Okay? Is God bigger than that? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right? Does it make sense? Okay. How many of you needed to hear about anger? You didn't think you had an anger problem, but you're kind of thinking, yeah, I needed to hear about anger. I did. I did this week. Anybody else? That's it. We we had like 30% of the people. Everybody else, you guys are killing it. Okay. Okay. So for those that didn't raise your hand, can we put a camera with a microphone in your car, in your house this week? No? Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we've got a special building update for you, and then a couple announcements. We'll let you go. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for your word. It is so good. We need to be challenged uh, in things like this. And God, um, for many of us, there is a giant of anger looming there underneath the surface, always wanting to just break out, to take over. And, and it's something we struggle with. And, and God, it, it, it's something I, I want to remind Everyone, Lord, it is something you've already defeated. Jesus, you have already defeated this giant. We just need to walk in the victory you've provided. Help us do that this week. God, help us take it serious. Help us take it to the next level. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.